Uh, it's really good to uh, continue this series called Ordinary Extras. And tonight we're going to be looking at this character called Micaiah. Micaiah, his name means who is like the Lord. Who is like the Lord. And you know, I, sometimes I just wonder, you know, walking around or looking around or looking at the TV or watching the TV shows, you know, who is actually like the Lord? You know, there's such a vast contrast between what I think the Lord is like and what I'm seeing in the world around me, you know. And I just love the fact that we can get together like-minded brothers and sisters in the Lord and see Him in our midst, you know, where two or three are gathered together. There is He in their midst. But poor old Micaiah, he seems to be a bit of a lone wolf in this scenario, in this story. Um, he's not very famous, He's a prophet, Micaiah. He's a prophet of the Lord. But, you know, he's not a major prophet like Isaiah or Jeremiah. Or, he's not even a minor prophet like, you know, Haggai or Obadiah. He, he doesn't have a book named after him. In fact, this is really the only place in the Bible, apart from the corresponding event found in Chronicles, of the prophet Micaiah. Um, there's other guys called Micaiah. Uh, you could read about him in, in uh, Jeremiah, I think. He, there's another guy called Micaiah. But this guy, Micaiah, son of Imlah, this is his story in 1 Kings chapter 22. And if, if you've got your Bibles, have them open to that particular spot. And uh, I just want to share with you just, I guess, some insights that, that I can see or learn from this guy, this ordinary extra called Micaiah. I mean, the first thing, I guess, is that, you know, we should all be like the Lord. <laughs> you know, no, no matter what's going on around us, um, what your views are in politics or whatever, you know, it's important that as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to seek to be like him. In fact, if we surrender to him every day, we will become more like him. It's God's plan. You can read about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, 29, where the Holy Spirit conforms us into the image of his son. So that's one lesson we can learn from Micaiah. But we can learn some other lessons as well. Uh, but before we do, I want to look at this idea of a prophet. You know, Micaiah, he, he was a prophet. He was called to be a prophet. Now, not all of us are called to be a prophet. Um, but all of us can communicate revealing the truth. That's basically what a prophet does. Uh, the, the gift of prophecy uh, throughout the Bible is the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. Okay, revealed truth. And obviously, that is whatever comes out of the mouth of God. That is truth. All right. So a prophet will communicate that. Okay. Now, prophecy is actually something in the Old Testament, but it's also something in the New Testament. And I thought if you can keep your finger in 1 Kings 22, we'll have a quick look at uh, some, uh, some texts about prophecy in the, the New Testament. And I'm going to use my, I'm going to use my uh, New Living Translation for that. I want you to turn first to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, so if you've got Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, and tonight I'm on the New Living Translation. 
And Ephesians chapter 4 is, um, is quite a well-known passage when it comes to the, uh, the church and the growth of the church and the work of the Holy Spirit through individuals like you and me. And um, I want to look at verse 11. Okay, so from verse 11, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. You know, these five, well, these four, you could say, but these five gifts, these leadership gifts should be activated and used in every single church. And I hope that's the same for us too. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly one of my aims to, to see and discern the gifts of the different people in our church because there's no accident that God brings us together for a reason, you know, and, and he can work through us and in us in harmony. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 talk about these gifts that Christ gave to the church. The first one is the apostles, right? The second one is the prophets, you know, and then evangelists and then pastors and teachers. You know, sometimes in our churches these days, we focus on one of those or two of those more than the others. And I think that's a dangerous thing. I think the Holy Spirit should be in leadership in all of our churches and those gifts would be evident and active, active in each church. We need to be mindful that God wants to use apostles. God wants to use prophets. He wants to use evangelists. He wants to use pastors. He wants to use teachers to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. And that's, the, that's the blueprint for building a church, allowing God to use us in our gifts. Now, the gift of prophecy, or as a prophet, it should be, should be in, in our churches. Now, I've been to different churches before. Um, I've been to, obviously, Wesleyan churches. We're a Wesleyan Methodist church, obviously. Uh, and I've been to other churches too, um, Presbyterians, Baptists. I've been to churches where one week it's one kind of denomination and the next week it's another denomination. We've been to um, um, charismatic churches, Pentecostal churches before, visiting, uh, not in leadership, but in visiting. And uh, I remember going to... Um, one church in Gympie that Sonia and I would sometimes visit and uh, we looked up to those pastors and they're godly people and, uh, and looked up to them. And I remember watching, this, watching them one service. Um, there were some people that were, were moving to, uh, to another town and uh, they were going to get prayed for by these pastors. And so um, the, the, the pastor, he, he prayed over these people and God gave him a word for these people, a special message to send them off, you know, to bless them. And then it got, got to the, one of the elders, I think, next or one of the other leaders next to him, and, and that person had a, a word as well, a, a special blessing. And, and then it got to um, the pastor's wife. And um, i never forget this. She, uh, she was asked, do you have a word for this couple? And she said, actually, no, I, the Lord hasn't given me a word for this couple. But I hope you guys, you know, and she, she said, her hope for these for these people. In other words, sometimes people can um, see uh, a prophet or someone who speaks on behalf of God as something that um, 
you know, has to be done. Uh, this, this pastor's wife, she, she was only going to speak what God told her to speak. And God didn't give her any message then. So she stopped. You know, I thought that was beautiful. But I've also been to other churches where a lot of people just, everyone wants to be a prophet and they all want to tell people what God says and thus saith the Lord and all that sort of thing. And um, I think we need to be careful in that sort of situation. But I also believe we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, disregard prophecies, but we should test them. The scriptures are very clear on that. And Micaiah, he's a prophet. You know, he was speaking on behalf of God. And in Israel, these two kings, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, they were having a barbecue one day, basically. And uh, Ahab had this idea, hey, we should get this town back and uh, we should take it over. And so he said to Jehoshaphat, let's, let's do it. Do you want to do it? And Jehoshaphat said, absolutely, I'm with you. My, my people are your people. We're in this together. But first, let's see what God says. You know, and that's beautiful because that's how, that's something I can learn. That's something we can learn from this is that before we even go into anything, I mean, this is a battle. This is a very important decision. But before you and I can, should do very important decisions, we should always ask, what is God saying about this? What does God say about that particular thing? You know, and like the jab, you know, a current, you know, do you get the shot or not? You know, and there's a lot of believers out there that have got all kinds of opinions, right? And we need to make sure that we're responsible individually to see what God says about it, you know, and go with that. Um, Sonia and I are booked in for a jab because we want to honour those in leadership above us. Romans 13, you know, we, we, um, we're doing that for love of the people around us as well, to not spread any germs. But I can understand where a lot of people come from with that, but. It's really important. First, let's find out what the Lord says. That's what Jehoshaphat says to, uh, to King um, Ahab from Israel. So Ahab thinks, fair enough, let's find out what the Lord says, but under my terms, right? Because the next thing he does is he gets 400 of his own prophets together. Now, Ahab is famous for getting 400-odd prophets together. You know, the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel and Ahab's there and there's 450 prophets and they're all about, you know, one thing. And then Elijah comes in with the other thing, the opposite of what they're saying. And so here we have a similar kind of scenario. Ahab is looking to see what the Lord says about a situation and he gets these 400 false prophets in. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 writes, Paul writes to Timothy and he, and he says, in the last days, there's going to be people out there that are going to accumulate teachers around them that they like, that they want to, that they're going to get people to preach messages to them that their itching ears want to hear. You know, it's really sad, but, but that's what is happening a lot around the world. You know, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, we've got, you, can, you can listen to anybody you want that's going to tell you what you want to hear. And uh, the thing about a prophet of God is that they will only say what God says. They won't say what you want to hear. They might. But they will definitely say what you need to hear. And so that's what Micaiah does. He enters his situation as uh, this one person that says what God is saying. 
But um, Ahab gets these 400 people to tell him whatever he wants, right? And what do they say? Absolutely, go into the battle. Now, all we need to do is read the rest of this story, right? I want you guys to do that for homework this week. Read about the battle, okay? And see how sovereign God is in the whole situation, right? A random arrow. That's why I've got the picture of this arrow here. It's there for a reason. It's kind of like one of those escape rooms. You've got to find out why it's there. But Ahab, he surrounds himself with these people that he wants to hear this message from them. Uh, but Jehoshaphat, and they all say, go into the battle, go for it, you know, and we know in the end that this is not actually really good news for, for Ahab. But Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he comes in and chimes up and he says, hang on, isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? Now, it's interesting because in your Bible and my Bible, you'll find the Lord spoken two different ways here. And we read over that real quick, but I want to take your attention to it. You see, in verse 6, when the false prophets replied to King Ahab, they said, go right ahead, the Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, Adonai, right? Will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat comes in and says, hang on, is, isn't there a prophet of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh? This is the, this is the Lord, the creator God. This is the God who's, who's who led the Israelites through the, through the Red Sea, brought deliverance. This is the God who spoke, spoke to the darkness and created stars and planets and, and the whole universe. This is that God. Can't we find someone who speaks on behalf of that God? Obviously, the false prophets were speaking on behalf of false gods. And we see later on that it was something demonic. So the king of Israel, Ahab, he replies to Jehoshaphat, well, there is actually this guy who speaks what God wants him to speak. But he doesn't preach good news to me. He only preaches trouble to me. In other words, Ahab sees Micaiah as the one with the problem. Micaiah is the one that needs to change. Micaiah's message needs to change to suit my situation. Ahab's the king of Israel. And he doesn't want to surrender to what God is saying to him at all. He wants to be king. He doesn't want the creator to be his king. He says he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. And get what Jehoshaphat says. In verse 8, he says, that's not the way a king should talk. Wow, that's not the way a king should talk. I want to just show you just four things that I find about uh, Micaiah in this uh, passage. Um, because they end up bringing him in and on his way, he's, um, you know, he meets up with this other messenger and the messenger tells him to speak another word. But these four things that I find is number one, you can be known for walking with God. You can be known for your walk with God. So Micaiah, even though he's just an extra in God's history, right? He doesn't have a book named after him. He's not famous at all, right? But he's known for his walk with God. He's known for being a man of honesty and integrity. So much so that a king summons him to his presence. King Jehoshaphat, summoned King Ahab and Jehoshaphat summoned this man into their presence. 
Now, I believe that God honours us when we're honest, when we're people of integrity, when we live our lives in, in submission and surrender to the Holy Spirit, to the teachings of Jesus Christ. We may not be popular in the world. Our opinions might not be popular, okay? And, and people might hate us for the things that we say or the things that we actually believe about certain things. But in the end, God honors someone like that. You know, these kings didn't have to um, like the prophet, but they trusted him. You know, we can be people like that in our world. You know, our relatives, our friends, unbelievers around us that don't believe in God, they, they're watching us all the time and they're watching how honest we are, how much integrity we have, you know, if we can be trusted. They might not like us, but they can trust us. That's the kind of person Micaiah was. And Micaiah was sought out by these kings and people notice how you walk with God. And the kings noticed Micaiah's conduct. You know, it says in Proverbs 22 and verse 9, it talks about a skilled worker. I'm going to turn there, actually. Proverbs 22 and uh, verse 29. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Do you see any truly competent workers? In other words, this is something... This is integrity, this is honesty, this is from the inside of a person coming out. This is, they work this way because they believe this way. Can you see anyone like that? Well, they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. You know, and that, if I was a king, I would much rather have someone I could trust than someone I liked working for me or giving me certainly an opinion about going into war. And Micaiah was that kind of person. Second thing I notice is that uh, we shouldn't be afraid to speak the truth. Have a look at verses 13 to 14. Uh, this messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are, prof uh, are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. In other words, everyone, these 400 prophets, all agree. Make sure that you just agree with them. All right, just, just, do, just that'll be easy for everyone, Micaiah, if you could just do that, right? But Micaiah, he's not afraid. He says in verse 14, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. You know, he's very brave. He's very brave. And he will only say what the Lord tells him to say. What a responsibility. You know what? We have that with that same responsibility. You know, the things we say about things, about, you know, our current situation, the words that come out of our mouth in conversations with friends really speak about our heart. You know, if we're bad-mouthing somebody, that's really saying something about your heart, all right? If we're encouraging people and speaking truth, in fact, we can be speaking truth and still make people uncomfortable. But that's coming from the heart. He was not afraid to speak the truth. And it took him, it took resolve for Micaiah to, to, uh, to be against 400 others, 400 other prophets. Could you imagine what was, that was like? You know, it's funny because the scene is that the, the two kings are dressed in their royal garb outside the gates and all the prophets are there. And it's like this massive show. And one of the prophets, Zedekiah, he comes in and he's, he's even made iron horns. You know, he's gone to so much 
so much uh, extent to to preach this message that the Lord says, go into battle. You know, you're going to you're going to gore the Arameans like uh, with these horns. You know, the horns are an image of strength. You know, he went to so much trouble. He had he had a he had illustrations. He had a PowerPoint display and everything rhymed. And, and he had backing of 399 other prophets. And yet still, Micaiah says, I'm, not, I'm just going to say what God tells me to say. You know, and that takes a brave person to do that. It's not easy to tell people something they probably don't want to hear or probably don't like to hear. That's not easy. The third thing I notice is that not everyone accepts the truth. You know, Ahab, he, he asks for the truth. And um, we see in, in verse 18 that um, Micaiah, sorry, in, in verse um, 15, Micaiah responds sarcastically, right? He says, yeah, go up, be victorious, for the Lord will give you the king victory. But, but then the king's reply in verse 16 says, tell me the truth, right? And so Micaiah then continues to say in verse 17 and 18, in a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, the shepherd's gone, the king is gone, right? Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Now, Ahab responds to the king Jehoshaphat and says, didn't I tell you this guy just preaches bad news to me? I hate hearing his sermons. I wish I could just flick it over to another channel and listen to someone else's sermon telling me what I want to hear, you know? That's what it's like. And he says, didn't I tell you, it's just bad news from this prophet. And sometimes the truth hurts. In fact, it, it's, it's always good and it always sets us free. Jesus said that. But it hurts sometimes. And not everyone accepts the truth. You know, it's difficult. As believers, our job is to tell the truth regardless of what others do with it. You know, I've done that before, um, sharing with friends or people I know or meet down the street or neighbours, sharing the gospel message. You know, some people respond positively and other people don't. And that's just the way it is. The truth shared with people, sometimes people don't accept it. And that's just the way it is. And poor Ahab, too bad for him. If he had accepted the truth and acted on it, then he probably would have lived out of this whole thing. Another thing I notice is that regarding the truth, what God says stands forever. The truth stands forever. In fact, it stands through the battle. Why don't we have a look uh, at the battle and some particular uh, scenes. So from verse 29 down to verse 38, we see this, this scene where Ahab and Jehoshaphat and their people, their, their uh, armies, are in battle against the Arameans. And the Aramean king says to his troops, his charioteers, everyone just gang up on the king of Israel. Let's get him. Because back then, war was just like chess these days. How do you win chess? You take out the king. And if you take out the king, you win the battle. And this is what was happening. And so the king of the Arameans, he says, go for Ahab, the king of Israel. Take him out. But Ahab had a plan. You know, he would get dressed up as one of the regular soldiers 
and he told Jehoshaphat to wear his clothing. So the Aramean guys start chasing after Jehoshaphat because they think that that's the king of Israel. But then when they get close enough, he calls out and they, and they realize that it's not Ahab. So they turn around and they're, they're lost. They can't find Ahab because Ahab just looks like a regular person, right? But it says in verse 34, an Aramean soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Like, how's that for a good luck? He just randomly shoots this arrow. He wasn't even aiming. He just shot it into the crowd and it hits the king of Israel in between the chinks of his armor. And it's a fatal wound. And he's stuck in that battle, stuck in his chariot, bleeding out. And eventually he died that evening as the sun was setting. It's pretty sad. But every single word of the Lord will always come to pass. It always will. We could hide from it like Ahab tried, but eventually it will come like a random arrow. The truth stands all the way, even through the battle, even through the tough times, even through the trials. You know, Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. When all is said and done, what God says stands strong and proves who the king really is. Not Ahab, not even Jehoshaphat. Not the king of the Arameans, but God. God is sovereign through it all. I love Isaiah, how Isaiah puts it in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, speaking about the word of God. Let's have a look at verse 10. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So tonight I want to encourage you guys and challenge you at the same time to trust God's word. You know, we've got it written for us to read, but also in prayer. You know, Jesus said the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He will reveal more about what Jesus wants us to, to learn about, about God's kingdom, about the ways of heaven, about the ways of Jesus. So God's word will stand firm. Get a hold of God's word. Trust his word. All right. Even in the face of difficulty and persecution his word will prevail all right his word will prevail all the way through and act on it some people just won't appreciate it they just won't accept the truth but some will okay king jehoshaphat for one appreciated that message so trust god and we can learn from micaiah tonight that we can too be people of integrity and honesty when the crowd is going the other way we can trust God because when you and God are against the crowd, you are actually the majority. 
All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you have given us your Holy Spirit because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each one of us, Lord, to live for you, to live for you, to be honest for you, to live lives of integrity for you, to be courageous and brave for you. Not that people could see us, but that it might point to you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear your voice, that you would help us to stand on your word, God, the promises in the Bible. And we know that Jesus is the word of God. Help us to stand on him, God, and trust him, trust his teaching and put it into practice, even when the world is going the other way. We pray that we might be like Micaiah, a voice of truth, in the world we live in, in the community that we're a part of. Help us to see people come to know Jesus. Help us to be real people, getting real with a real God. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us, Lord, this week to do that in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.